From the outside, the building is unassuming. It's a hundred-year-old church, and it looks like one. It's sturdy brick. It's got an old bell tower and three large doorways in the front to welcome worshipers. Inside, people line the pews, and they're engaged in a sort of prayer. But the smoke drifting up to the ceiling, it is an incense. I'm Dylan Theris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to church, the International Church of Cannabis. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. Steve Burke first came across the building that would become the International Church of Cannabis in 2015. And at the time, he was just visiting Denver from his home in Florida, and he and his family were looking for real estate investments. The church was for sale, and he thought maybe it could be converted into something cool, like a bachelor pad for a pro athlete. But this is also where you should know something else about Steve. That is Steve's version of the Macklemore song, Drift Shop. And it's got 17 million views on YouTube. Steve made a bunch of comedy videos like this, many of them celebrating marijuana. He's been a longtime advocate for legalization. He ran for mayor of Miami Beach on a pro-marijuana platform twice. He also runs a cannabis marketing startup. And after he and his family bought the church in Denver, Steve went back to Miami and thought, what am I doing in Florida? where recreational marijuana is still illegal. Why don't I go to Colorado? And so they did. That's when the idea came to, what if we kept this place a church? What if we started a new religion, so to speak, that wasn't centered around a common dogma that everybody believed in, but instead was centered around 
a spiritual community of people who use cannabis on their journey. They definitely wouldn't have been the first to do so. Historically, marijuana has been used in religious and spiritual traditions all over the world, including in Hinduism and Rastafarianism. And in the U.S., a number of churches claiming cannabis as a sacrament have been created in the last few years. But in states where marijuana is legal, they've also faced certain legal challenges. So Steve and a few of his friends created their own new religion. They called it elevationism. And the principles of elevationism are simple. It's about being the best person you possibly can be and using cannabis in that journey of self-discovery. Now, you might be asking yourself, what could possibly make elevationism a religion as opposed to, say, a social club? And we could have all kinds of philosophical debates about what makes religion a religion and what makes a church a church. But here in the United States, there's a very practical way to answer this question. To be a religion in the eyes of the government, you have to register with the IRS. And churches are extremely blessed with tax exemptions. The IRS definitions for religions remain relatively vague, but one of the criteria is that the church have a form of worship, something like rituals or sacraments. So Steve and the other founders of Elevationism, they came up with one. The ritual is we have a ritual candle that we light at the beginning of every service, and we recite an Elevationist meditation, and everybody throughout service can come and light their joints from this candle. It's actually encouraged. They gave the old church a huge makeover and brought in a renowned Spanish artist named Okuda San Miguel. And they painted this technicolor mural all across the ceiling, including angels and bears and and eagles, all kinds of stuff. We wanted people to feel inspired when they walked in, which is really no different from people who've built churches hundreds of years ago and thousands of years ago. The idea was to feel small when you walked in so that, you know, God felt bigger and uh, uh, you felt insignificant, so to speak. Um, You know, we weren't going exactly for that, but we definitely wanted people to walk in and just feel this aura of creativity and beauty and artwork. Steve says that he wants to use the church to provide a safe space for people to explore using marijuana as part of their spiritual journey. There's no place where people can come and congregate and feel safe consuming cannabis without any threat of, you know, breaking the law or going to jail. And we've come so far in the past five to six years as a country, but there's still parts of the country where people live in fear. Services sometimes include a guest speaker and a band. Steve describes the whole thing as a little bit like a TED Talk meets MTV Unplugged. Some people cry, some people uh, smile, some people just stare and get into deep thought. We wanted to create this spiritual hub where people from all around the world can come and pray to whatever God they believe in. And if they don't believe in God, that's okay too. But we wanted to create a place for adults to feel safe, for adults to feel like they belong to a community, but not pushing any dogma down anyone's throat. But when the church opened its doors on April 20th, 2017, yes, that is 420, not everyone was feeling the love. One state legislator even proposed a ban on marijuana consumption in churches. It was quickly shot down. But 
while marijuana is legal in Colorado, public consumption isn't. And so services and events featuring cannabis consumption, they're held private for members only. People can't just walk in off the sidewalk and light up. You have to be 21 or over, register ahead of time, and fill out a questionnaire. Then you get an email invitation that you have to present once you are there. And last, but maybe most important, you have to bring your own pot. But the church throws its doors open to the public, too, for all kinds of weed-free events. It holds music and light shows with guided meditation that are open to everyone. There are events like comedy shows and yoga classes, and the mural has become a big draw for area art lovers. It's this Willy Wonka and the Weed Factory, amazing 13,000 square feet of weirdness and artwork and murals and... It's just a bizarre, beautiful, creative space. I had a chance to actually visit the International Church of Cannabis a few years back, and it's a beautiful space. It is incredible. It has all of the kind of grand majesty of any church, and it definitely feels like the setting for an elevationist experience. Steve hopes that the church's popularity with tourists will help break taboos around cannabis, but also that it'll generate enough money to sustain church operations. We need to pay our bills. You know, churches still have to have staff and they have to pay the gas and electric and our boiler broke down and we're repairing it as we speak. It's a $29,000 repair. Like there's all these, you know, financial elements of running a venue like this that, you know, people just assume that, oh, church is nonprofit and doesn't pay taxes. Well, yeah, you don't pay taxes, but you still need to make money. Like with any church, they have heavenly aspirations and real-world problems. If you're ever tempted to check out the International Church of Cannabis yourself, information about their public events is available at elevationist.org. But remember, to attend a service, you have to register as a member. Special thanks to Steve Burke for telling us all about the International Church of Cannabis. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.